Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, come on in the gym, your financial gym, where your mind gets stronger, your behavior gets better, and your pocket gets fatter. I'm your host, Jean-Louis Overdue. Get your money, man. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to Jim Financial Podcast, Jim Finance Podcast. Um, if you are new in here, we try to help you to keep money in your pocket as much as you can, invest the rest, and live your life. You understand? Live your life because it doesn't make any sense to save every penny, Okay and work to the bone and not enjoy your life and be on your deathbed. And then that's when you could contemplate of how much money you have in your bank account. Makes no sense. So that's not what we are about. Yes, you should save, invest your money, but you also have to live life. Speaking of, you ever ask yourself, what exactly is money? What is money? Is it just the paper that you see in your hands, the coins? Or what does it represent? What does it mean? What is money? Okay, so let's start at the very beginning. Money is a medium of exchange, as we all know, right? That is widely accepted in transactions for good and services. It is a universal tool. All right, that enables the buying and selling of products as well as the settlement of debts and obligations. Money serves as a unit of account, a store value, and a medium of exchange. Okay, pretty much in a nutshell, that's what money is. Okay, historically. Money has taken various forms, all right, such as uh, coins, uh, paper currency, um, even commodities like gold or silver. Yes. However, in modern economies, money is primarily um, represented by electronic records in digital transactions, um, refers to as, as um, bitcoins and uh, so many other ones, right? Dodge coins and all the coins. Okay, it exists in both physical and digital forms, allowing for easy transfer and storage. Okay, money has multiple functions, many. However, I am going to give you four. All right, and I'll briefly go into what those four functions are. Not not too much because I don't want to. Hold you too long on today's podcast episodes. Okay. Uh, those functions are as follows it's a medium of exchange. Okay. Unit, it's a unit of account, store of value, and standard of deferred payment. That's right. The first function. Medium of exchange 
So money facilitates the exchange of goods and services, as you all know, right? Instead of, you know, bartering, right? We, the barter method uh, doesn't exist anymore. So money then replaces that. It allows us to exchange goods and services. And so individuals can trade those goods directly, right? And money acts as the intermediary, enabling transactions between parties who may not have what the, the other desires, right? And so that's what it that's that's one of the functions that money does or uh, represents. The second function is the unit of account. Money provides a standardized unit of measurement for evaluating the value of goods and services. Prices are expressed in terms of money, right? Allowing for easy comparison and assessment of relative relative worth, okay? And then, of course, we have the third store of value that a lot of us are familiar with. Money can be saved and held for future use. It serves to 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 store wealth and preserve um, purchasing power over time, right? However, the value of money can also fluctuate due to factors such as inflation and deflation, of course. Lastly, standard of deferred payment. I'm sure a lot of you have heard the word deferred payment. We'll talk about that uh, in, in other episodes, but briefly, I just want to go over the functions that, that money plays. Deferred payment. Money allows for the settlement of debt and obligation over time. It provides a way to delay payments or establish credit terms, enabling transactions to occur in, in, in the present while payments are made in the future. And one pretty good example of that, very smart example of that, is Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chief, quarterback, two-time NFL champion, Patrick Mahomes contract. Everyone was going in an uproar of, of how much, oh my God, is half a billion dollars and so on and so forth. What they didn't realize was this money was pretty much so in a standard of deferred payment. That, yes, they settled, but more so in a form of debt and obligation over time, right? That allows them to delay the payment they were going to give to Patrick Mahomes and establish more of a credit term that um, we're going to give you some now, we'll owe you the rest, although the paper, the contract itself, represent that money, right? Because Patrick Mahomes can actually use that and say, you owe me such and such. However, the agreement that the paper says that you will be paid at such and such date, which again is deferred, delay that payment, you know, and so that transaction can happen. It, the transaction can occur in the present, right? That Patrick Mahomes could be, can be under contract presently while the payment, the larger amount of the payment are made in the future. Understand that. It's called deferred payment. In case you didn't know, in case some of you didn't understand the, the sort of the intricacies of the contract, that 
they use the standard of deferred payment in that. So in a nutshell, that's pretty much what money is, right? It medium of exchange, unit of account, you know, still values, and you can also use it for deferred payment. It can be uh, used gold as gold, silver, paper, um, electronic, and so on and so forth. So uh, money isn't too rigid, right? Uh, money is not um, one-dimensional, okay? Not as it used to be back in the days. Now, okay, you're saying to yourself, okay, I think I kind of have an idea of what money is, which I already know, duh. But can a guy like myself be financially comfortable without being a millionaire? Can I live a financially comfortable lifestyle, especially with a blue collar uh, type job? Can that happen? This would be my answer to you. That Becoming financially comfortable doesn't necessarily require you to be a millionaire, first of all. It's about managing your finances effectively and making wise decisions with the resources you have. Okay? Let me say it again. Becoming financially comfortable does not necessarily require you to be a millionaire. It is, however more about how you manage your finances, the decision you make, are they wise decisions, right? With the resources you have. And guess what? That blue collar job that you have is one of those resources. Now, here are some steps that you can take to improve your financial situation and achieve a comfortable lifestyle. So I'm gonna I'm going to name them first before I kind of go into a little bit of detail uh, in there. But please, you have to keep in mind: do not be in that mindset like most people nowadays are chasing. I have to be a millionaire. You don't necessarily need to be a millionaire to live comfortably, to have a financial, a comfortable financial life lifestyle. Okay, so. Firstly, you need to set clear financial goals. Secondly, you need to create a budget. Third, build an emergency fund. That's important. Dave Ramsey talks about that a lot. That's, in fact, Dave Ramsey refers to that as baby step number one. All right? Build a fi- an emergency fund. Four, manage debt effectively. Most of us, before we knew how to manage our money, we had so much debt, right? So it doesn't mean we neglect them. We just have to learn to manage them better, effectively. Number five, increase your income. Listen, some of you may think you are locked into your lifestyle, your situation. There's nothing you could do about it. That's not true. That's a mindset. Do not believe that. You can always, always increase your income. We'll get into that. Number six, save and invest. And as far as save and invest, I'll I'll give you guys, again, a little bit more about that in, in a little bit. And so you can understand. Number seven, 
plan for retirement. You are not going to be young forever. That old man you're looking at across the street that takes five days and 12 hours to cross the street, in a very short period of time, this will be you. You will not be able to, to, to go to work and do 12-hour shifts, come back home and, and, and go meet your friends afterward at the bar. This will not be you. I promise you that. Okay? So, <laughs> you know, this reminds me of um, the comedian Schneider. Uh, I, I don't remember his whole name, his entire name, but he played, um, what is it, American Gigolo? Uh, he was doing stand-up, and he was saying that how pretty much, I'm paraphrasing here, um, uh, being an older person versus a younger person, how things have changed. You know, the younger folks will tell him, hey, let's go get effed up. You know, let's go get... And he said, you know, listen, if I want to get, <laughs> if I wanted to get effed up, really, all I had to do is eat some cheese and I will be completely messed up. <laughs> so that's what happens, right? As you begin to climb in age. So you have to plan for that, right? Your body will not always be able to um, produce or give you what it usually does. Father time will catch with catch up with you. you you're going to have to plan for that, right? If you're not able to produce as much anymore, then how is the income going to continue to flow? Okay? So we can't cut that flowing current out. It has to keep flowing if we want to keep living. Anyways, number uh, eight, continuously educate yourself. Continuously, I, I love this one, continuously to educate yourself, okay? Because you can always learn, as long as you are breathing, as long as you are alive, you can always learn more and new things, okay? Because the more you learn, the more you know, the more you know, the better you can do, be, the better you are, the better you can do, the better you can do, the more value you can bring. And guess what? You get paid for the value you brings, you bring, not what you necessarily do. It's the value of what you do. That's what dictates the amount you receive. Please remember that. And lastly, prioritize quality of life. Okay, so now let, let's get into them one by one. Uh, and let, let's, let's define them and talk about them a little bit, right? Number one, I said to set clear financial goals, which means to define what financial comfort means to you. Yeah, I can't tell you that. I, I cannot tell you what your comfort level is financially. No one can. You can find out for yourself. Find that out. Define what financial comfort means to you. It could involve having a certain amount of savings, being debt-free, owning a home, or having a stable income. Establishing clear goals will give you direction and motivation. That's the number one thing to do. Okay? Number two, create a budget. Now, I'll be honest. This one, I'm not too... Um, strict on 
because you can always have apps and other things to automate things for you and where things are going as if you have a um, a budget but it it pays to start that way it pays to put things on paper to to use uh cash and so on so you can actually feel the work right so you can see what's happening so you can sense it so you can actually understand what's happening to your money because a hardworking person your money is your bloodline if you, you can't just gush out and bleed like that right so you got you have to be able to see the cuts you have to be able to feel the cuts and doing the budget printing uh, um, uh, pu- print, pr- pulling out the money to use to pay bills to do other things you start to feel the cuts you start to understand man I I don't really want to continuously feel this way right that's what a budget does developing a budget right uh, that reflects your income, expenses, and financial goals. Track your spending and identify areas where you can reduce unnecessary expenses, right? And, and what you do, you allocate your money wisely, prioritizing savings and investments. A budget allows you to do that. And of course, we have number three, build an emergency fund. Establish an emergency fund um, that covers at least three to six months of living expenses. I'm sure you've heard of that. And if you haven't, I'll say it again. An emergency fund supposed to um, cover three to six months of living expenses. What does that mean? It means that you calculate all the things that you absolutely need that you must have. Your shelter, you know, a.k.a. your, your apartment or your home, right? Food for the month. One thing uh, I've personally um, experienced with my family, um, and funny enough, I, I, I hear uh, Dave Ramsey and others talk about this all the time, that usually when you're making the budget and afterwards, at the end of the month, you realize the amount you thought you'd need for, for food, for groceries, it actually always ended up being more, right? So... Um, when you're doing your your emergency fund um, plan, make sure you plan accordingly, like especially for the food. Okay, so when you have all the necessary things that you can actually need, that you need, that you can live, you you can live with. As I said, like your shelter, your food, um, your uh, car insurance, your car insurance, your gas, your, you know, all the necessary things, you build that monthly expense and find, find out what that number is. Then you begin to work towards saving three to four months worth, um, three to six months, my apologies, worth of that uh, um, amount, monthly amount, Okay. Because this fund will provide a safety net in case of unexpected events like job loss, medical emergencies, or, you know, car repairs, so on and so forth. Okay? Because those things could be found in that emergency fund. You can use the emergency fund to then cover those things where you don't have to go borrow money, put yourself in more debt and everything. Which segue perfectly into the number four, manage debt effectively. Look, if you have debt, Focus on paying it off systematically. Don't just, you know, go crazy and go borrow more money to pay debt. No, don't do that. You're robbing Peter to pay Paul. It it doesn't make any sense. It's never worked. It never will. 
So do it systematically. Start by paying down high interest debt first, right? Such as credit card debt. Consider uh, debt consolidation as well or negotiation strategies to lower interest rate or monthly payments. Avoid accumulation unnecessary debt in the future, right? You can't make a mistake and turn around and repeat the same mistake again. I mean, I believe that's called stupidity. And we all smart and grown folks here. We learn from our mistakes. Our mistakes make us better, right? So we can't get out of under all this debt and turn around and do it again, right? It's not, it's not right. It's unnecessary. And um, number five, increase your income. Look, explore ways, okay? Explore ways to increase your income, all right? Like I said, don't f- fall into the mindset that you're locked into whatever you 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 have, whatever job or whatever. No, explore some ways to increase your income. This could involve asking for a raise at work. That's increased. Uh, taking on a side job or freelance work, starting a small business, or investing in an income generating assets like rental properties or stocks. Right? There are certain different things which. You can do to increase your income a bit. It doesn't necessarily have to remain the same, right? So do that. Try to increase your, 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 your income, your monthly income or yearly income. However, just there are plenty of ways. Talk to people. Talk to your boss. Talk to your friends. Talk, go online. You know, Do some research and figure things out. Listen to podcasts like Jim Finance Podcast, this podcast. Listen to Dave Ramsey. Listen to so many others that can help you increase your income. Just listen to sound advice. Okay? And then save and invest. Develop a habit of saving and investing regularly, consistently. Set aside a portion of your income each month and consider different investment options that align with your risk tolerance and goals. Let me say it again. Set aside a portion of your income each month and consider different investment options that align with your risk tolerance and goals. Look, the reason why I'm saying this is too many of us, too often, we take advice of people with, uh, that are telling you to, which stocks to buy, when to buy, and, you, you know, just go buy now and go buy. Look, some of those guys are day traders. That's what they do. They day trade stocks. You are trying to do things for the long haul, for the long run. You're not buying something to flip it by the end of day of the day. That's not what you do. So you cannot take that type of advice. This does not mean that his idea isn't working. It doesn't mean it's not good. It's just not good for you. You need to know the difference. Okay? So... Don't do that if it is if if it is your goal or your risk tolerant. Of course, speak with um, a financial advisor to get guidance on suitable investment strategies. Of course, because help is always wanted. Seven, plan for retirement. Start saving for retirement as early as possible. Trust me. 
contribute to your retirement account, such as 401k or IRA. Take advantage of employer matching programs if they offer it. And diversify your investment to maximize growth potential over long term. Talk to your employers. A lot of you, you you get the job and you've been there for 20 years and you don't even know what your 401k looks like. You can't live like that. You have to understand what your future looks like. Talk to them. Let them. Uh, and if you don't know how to check it, HR should be able to, to explain that to you or give you a pen flick or some sort of um, uh, uh, one page type paper with instructions on how to look up your 401ks, your IRA, and whether it's Roth IRA or traditional, whatever you decide to do. There should they should be able to give you instructions on how to check that, to look at it, how to make adjustment to it, and so on if you have to. But whatever you do, do not discontinue your investment. Okay? Continue to put money towards your 401k, especially if your employer matches what you put in. Plan for your retirement, folks. Please do. And number eight. Continuously educate yourself. Expand your financial knowledge by reading books, attending seminars, or taking online courses on personal finance and investing. The more you learn, the better equipped you'll be to make informed decisions and optimize your financial situation. You cannot give what you don't have. So you cannot... Try to give to your family, right, or to yourself the things that you don't have. So you cannot give yourself some idea or sense of what type of financial decisions to make when you have no clue of what you're looking at, what you're hearing, and so on. Take the time to read before bed, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or when you get up in the morning, or do some audiobooks while you're driving to work, driving to wherever, you know, um, as you're listening on your phone with your headphones on, like, educate yourself, okay? It's necessary. Lastly, prioritize quality of life. Remember that financial comfort is not solely about money. It isn't. It's also important to prioritize your overall well-being and quality of life. Because being comfortable, it, it doesn't make any sense to, to, uh, to have $10 million, $10 million in the account, but you have abused your body to the point where you're hospitalized. That $10 million does nothing for you. Okay, so focus on maintaining good physical and mental health, nurturing relationships, and pursuing activities that bring you joy and fulfillment. Okay, so that was briefly how to financially, okay, live a comfortable lifestyle without having to be a millionaire. Do you understand? Okay, with that being said, I want to share a few things with you, okay? I want to share just 10... um, sort of mutual funds that blue-collar working person can afford to invest in. Um, so I, I will name all 10, okay? And, um, and then I'll just cover five of them so, so I don't take too much of your time today. 
And next episode, maybe I'll cover the other five. Okay. So, and, and I want to make a disclaimer that those mutual funds that I have selected to share with you guys aren't the absolute best where, oh, there's nothing. Uh, they're the best in sliced bread. That's not, I will not make that disclaimer, nor will I say if you invest in those, you will definitely become rich. No. Investment goes up and down. It happens. Okay? I'm sharing with you those 10, well, I'll go in depth in five of them, the first five, the top five, the first fives, for you to go look at, do some research, look into, educate yourself. Okay? Because, again, you do not want to follow a day trader when you're trying to plan for retirement. It's insanity. You don't want to do that. So I'm giving you the information for you to go look up, for you to research and find out on your own and see whether or not it is suitable for your situation. Not everybody has the same retirement plan. Some people are trying to retire in 10 years, some in 30, some in 40, some even in 50 depending on the time uh, a place that you are in, okay? So, in no particular order, the uh, number one is Vanguard 500 Index Fund. And the, um, the way it's represented or, or acronym or the way you'll see it is V-F-I-A-X, all capital letters. Is the Vanguard 500 Index Fund. Second one is Fidelity uh, Contra Fund, FCNTX, Fidelity Contra Fund. The third is T. Rowe Price Equity Income Fund, T. Rowe, R O W E, Price Equity Income Fund. Okay, and you will usually notice it as PRFDX. Fourth is Fidelity Balanced Fund. Fidelity Balanced Fund. F-B-A-L-X. F-B-A-L-X. The fifth, Vanguard Wellington Fund. F, I'm sorry, V-W-E-L-X. Victor... Whiskey Echo Lima X-Ray. So V-W-E-L-X. And the number six, American Funds Washington Mutual Investors Fund. It's a mouthful. (laughs) American Funds, I'm sorry, Jesus. American Funds Washington Mutual Investors Fund. A-W-S-H-X. And number seven, Another T. Rowe Price, but it, this time is Dividend Growth Fund. T. Rowe Price Dividend Growth Fund, P-R-D-G-X. Number eight, Fidelity Growth Company Fund, F-D-G-R-X. Fidelity Growth Company Fund, F-D-G-R-X. Number nine. Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund. Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund. VTSAX. VTSAX. 
And number 10, Schwab. Total stock market stock. I'm sorry. Total stock market index fund. Schwab total stock market index fund. S W T S X. Okay. So as I said, I, I will go over the first five. Okay, and then maybe the next um, episode I'll, I'll go over the others. Uh, for now, I'll go over the first five that I mentioned. All right, Vanguard 500 Index Fund, the VFIAX, is um, is a mutual fund offered by Vanguard Group, of course, which is one of the largest investment management companies in the world. Um, it is designed to track the performance of the Standard and Poor's 500 Index, S&P 500, which is widely followed benchmark index of the U.S. stock market. The VIX is categorized as an index fund because it aims to replicate the uh, the performance of its underlying index rather than trying to outperform it. The uh, the S and P five hundred is a market capitalization. Capitalization, in case uh, some of you don't know, I'm just again I'm going over these things. It's just some of them are basic information, but it's worth repeating. Um, the S&P 500 is a market capitalization weight index that includes 500 of the largest um, publicly traded companies in the United States. So when you hear S&P 500, that's what that means, right? It's a market capitalization weight index um, that includes 500 of the largest publicly traded companies in the United States, right? Representing uh, a various sector of the economy. And so by investing in VFIAX, investors can gain exposure to a diversified portfolio of the U.S. stocks across multiple industries. This fund is often used as a core holding in a long-term investment portfolio due to its uh, broad market coverage and low expenses. And um, so it, it's, it's pretty good. The VIAX had... Um, an expense ratio of, I believe, 0.04%, which means that the fund charges a low annual relative to its asset under management, all right? So that was Vanguard 500 Index Fund, VFIAX. Okay, next we have uh, Fidelity Contra Fund, which is FCNTX. A mutual fund offered by Fidelity Investment is one of the largest actively managed equity funds in the United States. Um, the fund's primary objective uh, is uh, is long-term capital appreciation. And so Fidelity Country Fund invests primarily in common stocks of companies that its portfolio managers believe uh, have above-average growth potential. And so the fund follows a contrarian investment approach, meaning it may invest in companies that are out of favor with the market but have the potential for a turnaround or long-term growth. And so the fund 
uh, investment strategy focuses on selecting stocks of companies across different sectors and market capitalization. The portfolio managers conduct in-depth research and analysts Analysis to identify companies with strong fundamentals, competitive advantages, and attractive growth prospect. Okay, that is the Fidelity Country Fund uh, FCNTX. Next, we have T. Rowe Price Equity Income Fund, the PRFDX. It is a mutual fund offered by T. Rowe Price, a renowned uh, investment management firm. Um, The fund focuses on generating income and long-term capital appreciation by primarily investing in dividend-paying stocks of established large-cap companies. Dividend-paying. When you hear dividend-paying, it means that you get paid. You get money, all right? It's not just as the stock grows, as the company grows, that you get. You actually get some. sometimes some dividends are paid quarterly, yearly, right? So that's what that means. The objective of T-Roll, of the T-Roll Price Equity Income Fund, is to provide investors with a high level of dividend income and the potential for moderate growth of capital. The funds aim to achieve this objective by investing at least 80% of its asset in dividend-paying common, common stocks and preferred stocks. Um, and so I'm also going to take the time, take the um, one of those episodes to explain to you guys what is common stocks, what are, what, what are the preferred stocks, what those mean, so you have a better understanding. And also, you can also do that on your own. You can... Do some research, right, before the episode drops be, and have a, a, some understanding of what common stocks and preferred stocks are, okay? So the remaining portion of the fund's asset may be invested in other securities, including bonds and convertible securities and so on. The fund's investment strategy involves seeking out companies that have a history of paying consistent dividends and have the potential for future dividend growth, the portfolio managers conduct fundamental research and analysis to identify companies with strong financial, attractive valuation, and sustainable dividend policies. Okay, so and in the the the, the fund is also actively managed, and that's another thing you need to know what that means. Also, when you hear actively managed, it means that the portfolio managers have discretion in selecting investments based on their analysis and market conditions. Okay? So that was T. Roll Price Equity Income Fund, PRFDX. Next, the fourth one, we have Fidelity Balance Fund, FBALX. That is a, again, a mutual fund. All of those are mutual funds, right? Offered by Fidelity Investment. It is designed to provide investors with a balanced portfolio by investing in a mix of stocks, bonds, and other securities. The fund aims to achieve both capital appreciation and current income. The FBLX follows a moderate Allocation strategy, typically investing around um, 60% of its asset in stocks and 40% in bonds and other fixed income securities. 
Um, the fund's stocks investment aimed to provide growth potential, while the bond and fixed income investments aim to provide stability uh, in income. Okay, so that's the uh, Fidelity Balance Fund, FBALX. Number five, and we'll stop that there for today. The Vanguard Wellington Fund, VWELX, is a mutual fund, right, offered by, of course, Vanguard, one of the, as I told you guys before, largest investment managers companies in the world. It is a balanced fund that aims to provide long-term capital appreciation and income by investing in a combination of stocks and bonds. And as a balanced fund, the Vanguard Wellington Fund um, typically maintains a fixed allocation between stocks and bonds. Uh, It seeks to achieve approximately 65% of its asset in stocks and 35% in bonds. The fund's investment strategy is based on the um, principles of value investing. It's important, which involves identifying undervalued securities and hold them for a long time. Very smart. Um, the The stock portion of the fund's portfolio consists mainly of large cap companies. Again, small cap, large cap companies, you have to know what those are. Do some research. Look them up. That are considered to have long-term growth potential. Those stocks are selected based on various fundamental factors such as earning growth, valuation, not evaluation, valuation, V-A-L-U-A-T-I-O-N. Look those up. And competitive position. Okay? And, of course, on the other hand, the bond portion of the portfolio primarily uh, includes high-quality corporate bonds and U.S. government bonds. Um, the, the, the bond holding help provide stability, and, and that's another thing. Right? Why does the bonds provide stability? You, you, we'll talk about those things here on this podcast. But uh, some of the things that you can um, look up yourself as well, as you hear, I put emphasis on certain things that you you should know. Those are the, some basics that will help you understand the lingo, the language of finance. All right. Uh, the bond holds holdings help provide stability and in income to the fund, offsetting some of the volatility. Uh, Volatility, volatility that come with the stock's investment. Uh, so stocks can be volatile. True. In case, I, in case you don't know, they can be. Bonds, not so much. Right. Again, we'll discuss these things uh, along the way uh, to help you guys to know these things and and, and educate yourself. Uh, but this is it for today. Right. Um, Next episode, I'll cover the rest, the other four, the other fives. Um, and so to give you a reminder what the other fives are that we will cover, um, they will be the American Funds Washington Mutual Investors Fund, the T. Rowe Price Dividend Growth Fund, the Fidelity Growth Company Fund, the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund, the Schwab Total Stock Market index fund, right? Those five, the other fives, we'll discuss them in uh, future episodes. Thank you so, so very much for listening. Truly appreciate it. Uh, Share with as many people as you can. Um, Listen while you're driving, while you're running, exercising. Um, Shoot, have a listening party, right? Share the knowledge. 
with friends, families, and those that you care for that should know these things. Because again, Jim Podcast, Finance Podcast here is to help you keep money in your pocket, okay? Save and invest it while living your life, all right? Thank you so much. I will see you next time. Well, you will hear me next time. All right, take care.